Welcome back to season 11, episode 39 of the Digital Orthopedics Podcast, where we bring you the extraordinary lectures from the DocSF experience held in San Francisco in May of 2023. My name is Dr. Stefano Bini, and I will be your host for this podcast. In our next episode, we're hearing from Dennis Evsenko, PhD, MD. He'll be talking about novel regenerative drug candidates for osteoarthritis of the knee. And I think you'll find this talk very, truly exciting. Please join me as we welcome Dr. Evsenko to the DocSF stage. Our last speaker, Dennis Evsenko. Daniel Evsenko is a professor and vice chair for research of Southern California. His research focuses on the development of therapeutics for the prevention of osteoarthritis and restoration of damage of cartilage. He's the co-founder of Cartronics, Blue Cart, and Reparis, focused on the development of product for human tissue regeneration. Thank you, Dennis. Well, thank you, Fabrizio. And I would also like to thank the organizers for having us here because obviously it's a little bit of a stretch for all of you, some kind of tour de force in biotechnology. So I will show you some data. And I think it was great to have you speaking before me because a lot of these concepts, I think, are overlapping here between these two stories. And I don't need to do some additional introductions. So. I would like to show you my disclosures and also show that the story that I'm presenting today has just been published a few weeks ago in Science Translational Medicine. So obviously I'm showing you all only a very small portion of the study. If you are interested in this topic, you can read it. And also, this is the press release. This is Dr. Jay Lieberman, uh, the chairman of orthopedic surgery at USC, who will be running this clinical trial very shortly. Well. As you just heard that osteoarthritis is really a disease of aging and in most patients, maybe 10% is post-traumatic or genetic with obvious established mechanisms, but in most patients it's idiopathic and you can see that the incidence of osteoarthritis is dramatically increasing with age, can affect pretty much any joint. And for a long time, companies were trying to target proteolytic enzymes, some other mechanisms without success, major success, a lot of high profile failures in the space. And I think we all agree that we need a completely different view on this disease. We need a lot of innovation and we need to challenge the existing dogmas. And what I want to show you today is a completely new view on inflammation. So Tobias, sorry, I will not be saying that inflammation is necessarily bad today. I want to show a little bit different view on it because inflammation can be bad but it's also one of the major triggers of tissue regeneration. That if we can control it, we may be able to achieve much better outcomes clinically. For a long time, we've been thinking what actually correlates between osteoarthritis and aging, because as I mentioned, it's an aging disease. And one of the molecules that, among others, that went on our radar was cytokine called interleukin-6. If you look at it, interleukin-6, it's very important also for rheumatoid arthritis, autoimmune diseases, but it's one of the key cytokines that is usually always detected at the elevated levels in osteoarthritis patients, in most of them. And very interestingly, if you look at the normal healthy people, who don't have obvious diseases. And if you look at the level of IL-6 in their systemic plasma circulation, you will notice, and this is the graph in the middle, that it very closely correlates with aging. So it elevates in the plasma 
with aging, even in healthy people. So we actually decided to look at it a little bit more deeper because obviously IL-6 is one of the key drivers of C-reactive protein, the clinical biomarker of inflammation commonly used in clinic because IL-6 directly stimulates C-reactive protein production by the liver. So we started to explore this link a little bit further and trying to understand, well, does the mechanism of action of IL-6 in osteoarthritis is the same as in the rheumatic diseases. And, you know, what I want to tell you that those cytokines, you often see papers and studies where people look at them in black and white color. So they say, well, they're pro-inflammatory cytokines, they induce inflammation, they're negative players. And you see a long list of them, 10, 15, 20, that are all listed, one, two, three, four, five, many of them as an indicator of inflammation. And this is true, because in evolution, the system appeared to protect us from bacteria and viruses, and mammals acquired a phenomenal defense systems in the immune system, in the immune responses. And interleukin-6 is initially designed to be produced from damage to injured cell, usually infected by microbes or by other stimuli, to attract immune cells and eliminate and localize the problem. And as Madalena told us, you know, in senescence and aging, uh, factors like IL-6, because it's one of the key, actually, senescence-associated secreted factors, they're building everywhere in our tissues. And that actually makes our immune system completely disoriented. That's why we call it a dark side of this adaptive immune mechanism, because our immune system recognizes these fragments of dying cells, such as pieces of DNA or proteins, as maybe as an infection. But it's not an infection, it's part of the aging phenotype. And that's why we develop this low-grade inflammation, which sometimes is referred to as inflammaging, as inflammation of aging, which is a slow-grade aseptic inflammation. And interleukin-6 cytokines are indeed a big, big players in this field. And it's not just interleukin-6. It's multiple cytokines that I show here in the same family that are combined under this family called IL-6 cytokines. IL-6 is a prototypic member, but there are multiple ones. And they all signal through unique receptors, which all are heterodimerized and then transmit the signal inside the cell via one shared co-receptor called GP130. That's the key fraction of the signaling cascade that I'll be focusing today. So, and canonically, especially in the field of rheumatology, this system was primarily studied in the context of the transcription factor called STAT3, and a lot of, actually, drugs were developed in the space. For example, JAK-STAT inhibitors, they are clinically approved for rheumatoid arthritis, right? And this is a canonical signaling mechanism that people always refer to as an inflammatory signaling mechanism driven by L6. So we thought, well, maybe with aging, this mechanism is activated. And we looked at a lot of literature in the space, and this is true that interleukin-6 cytokines drive a lot of damaging responses in different tissues, including induction of senescence, osteoarthritis, fibrosis, cognitive decline the brain, etc. But what we notice is that most of these responses are not really mediated by STAT3 mechanism, but was very interesting. Well, further, we realize that there's a lot of literature suggesting that interleukin-6 induced inflammation can actually induce regeneration, not in one organ, but in multiple tissues, such as you know, organs like the liver. As you know, the liver can regenerate after resection, and this mechanism is actually mediated by inflammation triggered by interleukin-6 STAT3 mechanism. And it's also true for muscle, for other tissues. Moreover, if you look at stem cells, 
This start 3 GP130 start 3 signaling mechanism is critically important for the maintenance of stem cells. So we really wanted to challenge this existing view that interleukin 6 GP130 start 3 is the driver of inflammation and we wanted to look at it as a potential regeneration promoted signal activated by the immune system. When you look at the osteoarthritis patients, this is absolutely true. The STAT3 signaling, L6 signaling is dramatically activated in osteoarthritic patients. And for a long time, people thought it's an indication of damage and inflammation. But there were no direct studies to address what is the meaning of this activation. What if it's a potentially intrinsic response of the cells attempting to actually regenerate because an adult joint, as you know, there is no stem cells in the adult joint. When you look at the, uh, we decided to go back at the very early stage where a lot of stem cells are present in the joint and you see a huge increase in proliferation of articular hundrocytes that never happens in adult. And we actually realized that if we look at this developing joint from the canonical perspective, we would say it's highly inflamed. This is a 12-week human joint, and you can see that activation of pro-inflammatory IL-6 mechanism is highly active there, but this is not an inflammation. This is normal development. Therefore, and these cells are proliferating, they're behaving as progenitors and they're growing. So this is the ideal cell type that we would want to have for adult regeneration if we would have it. But look at the signaling. You can see down there, this big black strips indicates the level of activation of this pathway. It's very high in the fetus, it's very low in adult. So what we did then, we deleted this particular genes, GP130 and STAT3 in neonatal mice, just tried to see what will happen because if they drive inflammation, we will see some good outcomes, but we saw the opposite. We actually lost stem and progenitor cells in the growth plates and in partially in articular cartilage, but mainly in the growth plates, you can see premature closure indicating that this pathway is actually essential for the maintenance of progenitors. And when we overexpress it, we didn't see any symptoms of arthritis. In contrast to that, we genetically overexpressed it in mice. We saw cartilage start proliferating and you can see dramatic expansion of the growth plate and significant proliferation of articular chondrocytes in adult. So it's still in mice. But it actually challenges this dogma that cartilage in adult is completely inert cell type. It can actually respond to some stimuli and inflammation may be a trigger of regeneration if it's well controlled. The problem is also we deleted STAT3 and showed that arthritis gets worse and we ended up with this profile basically showing that in fact Often, interleukin-6-induced inflammation in the joint is very similar to the program that is activated during normal development. However, there's also a lot of negative things, and we obviously know that interleukin-6 can destroy cartilage and destroy the joint, among other cytokines. So we decided to look if there's any other signaling domains and pathways in addition to the one that we dismissed as the main driver that can cause this disease-associated phenotype. And to do that, we conducted a screen with multiple blockers, and we just looked at cartilage breakdown with different pathway inhibitors. And one of the inhibitors that put in was, went in our DAO was an inhibitor against SRC kinase. SRC kinase are canonically known as a major drivers of inflammation and tissue destruction, and they are often activated by mechanisms such as, for example, infection. So this is an ideal candidate potentially for the negative portion of the signaling balance downstream of GP130 because we, again, we dismissed that three 
as a main driver. So we decided to look because there were no direct literature if this receptor, interleukin-6 receptor, can also recruit SRC kinases and initiate this destructive signaling pathway. So we actually, and I'll just skip that, I'll just show you that we took a genetic portion, the portion of this receptor mutated one by one all the signaling domains in it, and we identified a signaling tyrosine, tyrosine 814, in this receptor that specifically recruits SRC kinases, which is a completely new mechanism of action. And we demonstrated, we made a mouse that lacked this particular tyrosine, and what was really amazing, that this mouse had selective inhibition of only SRC signaling domain, but not STAT3 signaling domain. And I'll explain you why it's really important. After that, and I promise Fabrizio that I'll mention the word sensor two times today to make sure I fit into this digital conference. So we realized that this mutant mouse has lost a very important sensor of inflammation, the negative arm of inflammation. Because I keep telling you that inflammation can be not only bad, but it can be also regenerative. So the bad arm of inflammation can be actually genetically eliminated. And you can see that chondrocytes from this mouse was not, and synovial fibroblasts as well, were not responding to the L6 cytokine and also they're not driving all these negative regulators such as catabolic enzymes and other genes that drive destruction. Moreover, we showed that this mutant mouse, the cartilage from this mouse, was completely resistant to inflammatory-induced signals. It was not really destroyed, as marked by collagen-2 and agrican neopitops showing the destruction. So after that, we exposed it to osteoarthritis, and we showed that this mouse was really resistant to osteoarthritic progression. So that led us to this new concept that we've been working on for quite a long time. In 2018, we discovered this new class of regulatory molecules, small molecules, that can actually control GP130 signaling, this receptor. And the main concept here is that they can selectively eliminate signaling modules. So not working as on-off switches, but can selectively eliminate signaling modules of this receptor. And as I told you, the GP130814 module that promotes damage can be selectively eliminated, as we showed. And we decided to rescreen this library and choose molecules that will selectively inhibit this tyrosine without touching the good or pro-regenerative module of GP130 receptor. And we found several molecules of which one was advanced further. So you can see here, this is a schematics of the signaling domain. It's a summary showing you that basically we can selectively switch off some arms of this receptor without touching this pro-regenerative arm induced by the inflammatory reaction. So after that, we took the lead molecule, and this is Dr. Makhatik from Canada, from Guelph, who ran the study, and we took the lead candidate, and we used a canine model of osteoarthritis. It's a meniscal release model, and it was a double-blinded study run by Mark. So we used three different concentrations of the drug double-blinded study, and I'm showing you the results. So you can see that the highest dose of the molecule, so it was injected in the knee, caused dramatic protection of articular cartilage compared to control, and also osteophyte formations were significantly reduced. When we looked at pain score as well, Colorado pain score and lumness, and this is a very sophisticated method for detection of pain, we also saw those dependent changes, suggesting that this treatment was actually reducing pain, and it's very important for the clinical trials. 
Well, also we have done some molecular studies to show changes in the cell biology of this tissue. So what I want to conclude here is that the new concept here is that inflammation is not necessarily a bad thing. That often chronic diseases such as osteoarthritis is a balance, it's a combination of regeneration-inducing signals, and inflammation is one of the strongest triggers of regeneration in our body. But also we have the same receptors driving some disease-promoting outcomes and tissue destruction. So what we showed is that they can be actually uncoupled pharmacologically, that you can let the regenerative arm, this program that represents fetal-like attempt to regenerate the joint going, and you can selectively block signaling that induces tissue destruction. And that changes the view on this receptor because as many of these big receptors, it's not an on-off switch. It's not a simple regulator that you can target and eliminate because anything that will block the signaling and block inflammation will not only block tissue destruction, but will also block this pro-regenerative arm of inflammation that we show can be also initiated by interleukin-6 signaling. And that's why we think treatments like, for example, tocilizumab, some anti-IL-6 treatments that are clinically approved, they were not efficient and causing some side effects because they were blocking both of these arms. And at the moment, the study was very well supported by the Department of Defense. So we received a large grant to move it forward in uh, collaboration with the startup company Carthronics and also Pasira Biosciences, who invested in this development. And this trial will start hopefully this year, early 2024, with primary objective, obviously, safety. And the secondary objective is potentially preliminary efficacy. We plan to involve artificial intelligence in this trial. And I think with that, I just want to conclude that this is an attempt to harness regenerative power of inflammation. So it's a completely new view on the system. And if we can reproduce even partially what we saw in the large animal studies, I think it can be a pretty successful story. And that's the laboratory that actually did this all work. And I'm happy to answer the questions and tell you more about the clinical trial in the discussion section. Thank, Thank you. you, Dennis. Thank you. Now, thank you for listening to the Digital Orthopedics Podcast. This was the last episode of season 11. If you find that the talks in the whole season was informative, please do share the podcast with your friends and leave us a nice review on your podcast player choice. Hopefully you've been tweeting or leaving messages on various social media platforms along the way. It would mean a lot to us if you did. Until next time, I bid you goodbye.